HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Southern Farm and Garden, a beautiful handcrafted agricultural journal. Purchase a copy today at southernfarmandgarden.com. I'm HRN's Executive Director, Katie Mosman-Wadler, with a preview of this week's episode of Meat and Three, our weekly food news roundup. Kat Johnson kicked the season off with an episode about food and football, so now we're turning to one of my favorite sports, talking about cookbooks. We'll take a sneak peek at a few recipe breakthroughs that Rose Levy Berenbaum discovered while working on her 12th cookbook. You know, so this was such a eureka thing. People ask me if I still keep learning. And yeah, just thinking about it and trying to find a better way. It happens. And hear about the challenges of writing a book about alcohol from HRN host Souther Teague. The history of drinking is very blurry. Because people were drinking and no one was writing, taking notes. Plus, we'll get all the expert dish about the most exciting cookbook titles heading to bookstores this fall. Like jazz music has been a part of American cuisine for, for centuries. Subscribe to Meet and Three wherever you listen to podcasts and be the first to know when the next episode drops. Listening to Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway. So, as many have said, cooking can be a bridge to cultures. And uh, the book that I'm talking about, we're going to talk about today, is actually a beautiful testament to that notion and um, surely a testament to a warm and fruitful relationship between Syrians, Syrian culture, and American culture. of course, not that there weren't Syrian Americans before civil war has um, has uh, really um, taken on in Syria, and uh, in recent years we've seen more and more refugees coming to live in America and other countries as well. So um, I'm really, really warmed and um, honored to welcome one such Syrian refugee who has actually written a cookbook. It is called The Bread and Salt Between Us, and um, we're joined in the station right now by that author, Mayeda Njari. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Welcome. Yeah, and um, of course, we're really proud to welcome also um, Jen Sith, the co-writer on this project. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming. 
And we have a wonderful interpreter who worked on this project. She's not just an interpreter, though. She's kind of a maverick when it comes to, to marketing and all sorts of stuff. So we have uh, Dahlia El-Nuihi. El-Nuihi. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining. <laughs> no, thank you for having us. So originally we thought that um, Dahlia would need to interpret everything that Maeda has said, but um, after living in America for a few years only, only two or so years, right? Or Two years. Two years. Yeah. You understand everything I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. and, you're, and you want to respond in English. So that's really, really wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Congratulations. Great. And congratulations to all on this wonderful cookbook. Um, it really paints a vibrant portrait of a cuisine, but also a story that actually made me tear up a little bit <laughs> while reading Aww. the introduction. And um, just uh, there's a wonderful forward by Jose Andres also, which is really great. And, um, of course, I was in the subway at the time that I was started to tear up, and which is usually the case <laughs> when it comes to those public moments of um, emotions. But anyway, <laughs> to talk a little bit more about um, the backstory and Mayota's journey, um, you start by describing the cooking that you um, enjoyed doing with your family in your hometown in uh, Holmes, Syria? Yeah, sure. Tell me a little bit about how you learned how to cook and, and what was your routine there. Uh, yes. Uh, when, uh, when I uh, was uh, in uh, home Syria, I, uh, I learned uh, the cook in my uh, mother. Mm -hmm. She learned me uh, to know how to cook. Uh, and uh, we were in uh, the special day Friday for uh, us. Uh, we doing... Uh, uh, a lot uh, cook mm -hmm. uh, because uh, we meeting uh, together uh, me and uh, my sister, my brother, uh, my uncle, my aunt, uh, wow. mother, father, eating together mm -hmm. uh, special food for a Friday. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like Friday was like the big cooking day. Big cooking day. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and um, and you learned how to cook from your mother without any recipes, right? No cookbook. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, That's example for uh, rice with the chicken, mm -hmm. uh, potato with the chicken. Yeah. Um, uh, salad. Uh, <laughs> salad. Yeah. Yeah. Marina, melukhi with rice. Mm -hmm. um, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Burgol with the sharia. Wow, bulgur, yeah. I heard that was a tongue twister soup, for you to learn. Soup chicken. <laughs> okay. Soup chicken, lentil looks, soup. That looks really good. Yeah. I love how simple um, it looks. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, Mayada, can you tell me how many days can you make a meal? How many days can you For the Friday, that's special for us. Uh, the, all the people take vacation mm -hmm. in the Friday. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, meet uh, the families. Uh, Go together, eating together. Um, that's uh, special for uh, us, for uh, family. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone has a day off Friday? And a Friday, yeah. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. So, okay, so what was um, everyday cooking like on the weekdays? How do you decide what to cook? Uh, okay, first, that one. 
يعني في اليوم العادي بتقرروا ايه ان انتوا تطبخوا آه ايام العاديه بالايام العاديه <تصفيق> فور افري افري داي وي كوك اني ثينك بات نوت الات وان وان كايند اتس جود فور فور افري داي وان كايند فود اونلي يا بات ان فرايداي نو وي كوك مور فود يا ميبي فور فايف كايند فود I love that idea of like the weekly sort of like get excited about cooking yes, something. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so I know that your family, your extended family members are now spread throughout different countries right now. Not all of them. Your immediate family of three sons and one daughter and your husband are in yeah. Jersey City, which is wonderful. Yeah. But um, do you miss having a big group with your extended family now on Fridays? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you miss living in Syria? Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. yes, yeah. Oh, well, I miss. Um, you know, you write that you didn't really have any ambition or any to the U.S. to become um, a refugee and live here. Oh. إنه شو شعري أنا؟ أنت ما كنتي ما كنتش ما فكرتي إن أنت تيجي أمريكا بس ما عرفتي إن أنت جاية كان إحساسك؟ آي واز فيري إكسايتد تو كام هير أند هابي فور كامينج هير بيكوز هير سيفتلي هير بيرر إن جوردون يا 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 Uh, and the work it's here uh, it's better mm-hmm. than Jordania. Oh, that's great. Yeah, wonderful. Um, this is this is you know really tough because your story, you know, you came here only just in 2016, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so things start, seem to happen very rapidly. Um, when did you know? When did you first realize that you really had to leave Syria? إمتى أول مرة حسيتوا إن لازم تسيبوا سوريا؟ آه بدي أقول لها وقت اللي ما عاد في أمان يعني. When she felt that it was no longer safe. No, no, yeah. Yeah. And um, was there any moment that was like really uh, sort of the last straw or the last convincing event? كان في أي حاجة معينة حصلت اللي خليتك تقولي خلاص؟ آه هو كان في إنه Uh, <laughs> it uh, was uh, for my husband uh, no find the work mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, very difficult to find work and uh, for school for my kids no it's too far because uh, uh, the another city mm-hmm. uh, wow. be, yeah because uh, no safety no You also write that people were not so nice when you were living in Jordan. Um, but you wrote that here in America, you've never felt unwelcome. Uh, is that still the same case? Uh, yes, sure. Here are really? very good yeah, people. Very nice people here. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I love the wonderful story about how this cookbook came together. So, Jen, if you wouldn't mind telling me a little bit about how you got involved with this project. 
Sure. So the Rutgers Presbyterian Church has, you know, they're this amazing community with this long history of activism, and they had sponsored Maeda's family to come here to the States. Mm -hmm. And they had this great idea to have Maeda start cooking these fundraising dinners. At um, the church, right? At the church Mm -hmm. to earn income, but also to share her story with the greater community. Um, and from those dinners, um, someone had a really good idea that Mayeda should do a cookbook. Um, so through various connections, they put together this group of, mm-hmm. they had a designer, a photographer, uh, Liz a Clayman, copy editor, Liz Clayman, yeah. Mira Evneen, Beth Gordon, Allegra Davis, um, and Lake Isle Press, who all were volunteering their time to make this cookbook happen. Um, and through my connection to Lake Al Press, I joined as the writer on the book. Um, and it really, when they asked me um, to do it, I just instantly said yes. It was just really at a time that um, you want to do something right, to, help. Um, mm-hmm. to help in any way. And this was just a great chance to do that. And, yeah. yeah, so helping sort of acclimate the family, but also helping support, because the proceeds from this book go to help support your family, but also Syrian refugee communities living in America as well, right? Yes, or, okay. it supports um, the group at the church, who, Got it. The, ref, the refugee task force. Right, yep. and they've sponsored now four families. Correct. And Mayedis was the first, yeah. so... I can't wait to see their cookbooks coming up. So it sounds like it was a wonderful sort of work sessions that you guys had, the three of you, actually. Um, Dahlia, you helped interpret, but also Maeda's English got better and better. Yeah, I hope. (laughs) Learning how to cook. Yeah. So was food a gateway or cooking a gateway to learning more English words? Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. Okay. So... um, um, what, I guess, if you could say any, like, favorite recipes that you had together, working together? Or just favorite recipes at all? Anyone, yeah. Uh, for me, one of the surprising dishes, the first recipe that we cooked together um, on the first day was the jismuz, which Jismuz. is a tomato oh. and egg dish. I love the sound and of that. That was really exciting yeah. because when she started explaining it and we were cooking it, I was like, oh my God, this is just so I'm Chinese American mm-hmm. and it is so similar to a tomato and egg dish that I love in Chinese cooking. And um, for Mayeta, that dish, she was like, this is the first dish that people learn how to make. This is like what kids make, what bachelors can even make it. Um, It's like scrambled eggs and tomatoes with some onion, right? Um, So that was really fun. But I really, for me personally, I really loved um, when Maeda made the dishes that were really special to her and her family. Um, Because at first I would ask like, what are the, you know, what are your favorite recipes? And she's like, it's so hard to choose. And then she would say, she's like, well, I'm really excited to do the kibbeh. Um, Because Mayeda has a special way of doing it that's very personal to her family. Um, She, the dough on the outside is made with chicken and bulgur instead of um, with lamb. So it has like kind of a lighter shell. Um, And Mayeda is really modest, but she really took pride in how thin she made the kibbutz shell, which, like, you don't, when you get it at restaurants or in stores, it 
they, it does not come that way. Wow. Um, so they're really delicious. Mastery. Um, but the kiba and the mohea, um, all the, I think, the celebratory dishes that had a really, like, personal place yeah. um, yeah. in Maida's life. Was, to was jump really in, uh, to yeah, Jen uh, left mm-hmm. off, I remember, like, when she was talking about the pride she took and how thin she made the kibba and how thin, for instance, if we're doing stuffed vegetables, like if right. she's coring the zucchini, and we'd get yelled at because we'd help in. You know, <laughs> other than writing, we'd also jump in and we'd core and we'd help as much as we can and we'd get yelled at because it's, it's not thin enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we got taught a few lessons. Um, very Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Was yeah. that fun for you too, Mayeda, teaching yeah. them? <laughs> or anything else. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, for kubba yeah. and uh, f- uh, zucchini. Zucchini for stuff zucchini, vegetables. stuff uh, vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's hard for. Uh, it looks <laughs> hard. <laughs> but for me, it's easy. I mean, the concept yeah. is very easy. Yeah. yeah. But literally, and I always try to make it at home because we have the same dish. I'm originally Egyptian, so uh-huh. we have very yeah. similar dishes. But I always wondered why it never came out the way oh. it's supposed to because mm-hmm. the concept is easy. Just take out the stuff. Right. And you stuff but it. But literally, I learned from Mayed, especially, it has to be paper thin. Right. It's and good you can't to know break there's it. <laughs> heights of, you know, ex- excelling at this dish. You can always strive towards. Always. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Mayed has it down to a T. She's almost perfect. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I loved reading about how you're always trying to find the connections between Egyptian sort of similar dishes that you knew about. Yes. Yes. So there's some similarities there. Yeah. One of the things that we debate debated was the molokheya. I think it was also molokheya is like a, it's it's Jews mellow. Mm-hmm. It's a type of plant that mm-hmm. we have it, in the Middle East, and we Egyptians cook it one way, and everybody else cooks it another way. And uh. with me and Syria, I mean, uh, <laughs> sorry, me and Mayedo would always say, well, we'd always compare the way that we do it. Oh. So it's completely is, different. <laughs> so whose is better? Do you think, Mayedo? <laughs> Hit countries together. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's about bringing people together, exactly. right? Not <laughs> oh, man. We have to cut to a quick little commercial break, and we'll be right back in one minute chatting more. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Southern Farm and Garden, a beautiful handcrafted agricultural journal. Each issue features stories about food history, seasonal recipes, artisanal products, and the amazing people who bring it to your table. Packed with stunning photography, the content is fresh and educational. Southern Farm and Garden takes you behind the scenes to meet farmers, gardeners, wineries, chefs, and artists who are passionate about creating healthy, unique, and sustainable food and products that you can enjoy all year. Are you interested in eating healthier and learning more about where your food comes from and living a more connected life? Purchase a copy today at southernfarmandgarden.com. Foodtank.com named Southern Farm and Garden one of the top 20 magazines for people who eat, cook, and grow, praising it for connecting readers with the food, the farms, and the stories behind our food system. Subscribe today or find a retailer near you at southernfarmandgarden.com.
right, we're back chatting more with Mayuda Andari, um, Dahlia El Nuhui, and Jen Sit, authors, collaborators on the bread and salt between us. We were just talking about kibbeh. So for people who aren't familiar and can't visualize that, it's this beautiful football-shaped dumpling, basically. And um, that's one of more sort of special occasions or Friday night um, meals, and that's our dishes. And um, I love how the cookbook is is um, categorized with this whole section on, you know, sort of celebration food, special occasion food, and then there's the regular food. But um, these are all very fascinating. All the stories, I love how you have a lot of story and background for each recipe. Tell me a little bit about the overall dishes that rep- that are represented here. Is it is it your favorites, or is it sort of like representative of your hometown of of a region of homes in Syria, or a little bit of both? Um, yeah, this recipe uh, for uh, home uh, homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cook it, uh, that uh, every day mm-hmm. uh, uh, and uh, this uh, food food hums food hums mm-hmm. food uh, different uh, Alipo food uh, Damascus food different uh, from them yeah okay. a little uh, uh, same but different mm-hmm. yeah different uh, it's a little different way of making it yeah yeah I noticed, Jen, go on. Yeah, I think what's really awesome and interesting about this book is that a lot of the recipes there are so personal to Maeda, and mm-hmm. of course it represents homestyle cooking in some ways because they're from homes. But oh, wow, it's homestyle, homestyle. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I found during our process when I was asking a lot of questions about... Um, why you would choose, like the different decisions I'll, what i loved was that a lot of times the answers were well because my kids eat it that way <laughs> yeah um or my family likes it that way so it's really it's, it's really specific to your family um like one example is the makluba which is you know the name itself is implies it's upside down it's a layered chicken rice and eggplant dish um and it's <gasps> traditionally so served good presented layered mm-hmm. um but my aunt was like i always mix it up because that's the only way my kids eat it or um kibba usually has pine nuts in it but you don't put them in because your kids don't like it and mm-hmm. i think that really speaks to how a lot of real people yeah. cook um and this book was really written from that perspective it really is the way Mayeda cooks at home and it i don't think it necessarily was meant to represent a sort of a yeah. bigger region right beyond that I love that how accessible everything looks how you know I've never really cooked much Syrian food right but it's, it looks very familiar everything is just um, simple and uh, unfussy except for the kibbeh and um, <laughs> And uh, not a lot of spices, not too many ingredients you need to go searching yes, for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's talk a little bit about this. <laughs> I'm holding a picture of a baked pasta with um, with a meat tomato sauce. Tell me about that one. Yeah. Uh, 
I was surprised that that's a that's a common dish in Syria. Yeah, I know Syria. Syria can love you, yani. Ulad. In Syria, that's a special food in my kids. Yeah, they like it. It's easy to cook. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked how similar it is to sort of the baked kofta you have um, yeah. with a tomato on top. Do you want to talk to that? Uh, kofta with the tomato? Yeah. yeah. Baked the meat in the pan. Meat in the pan. Yeah. yeah. Make in the band and uh, take it in the oven. Mm-hmm. Um, 14, uh, 20 minutes, uh, it's uh, be ready. So <laughs> <to cook>. easy. <laughs> yeah, so easy and uh, so um, good taste. Uh, and the kids like I, it, right? Yeah, they like it, yeah. Yeah. Did you want to add anything to that, Jen? Or? Oh, just that it's really, really delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. And and I love all the sides. You can serve it with a c- cucumber and yogurt. Yes. Um, that's like a must for some dishes, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's so refreshing. Is that uh, cucumber and uh, yogurt, is that a uh, special salad for... Uh, Burgol with shoria next to burgol mm-hmm. with cherry and uh, maklubi mm-hmm. rice with chicken giblan uh, together make together uh, salad yogurt uh, with cucumber. Perfect. Yeah, very so, nice uh, taste. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, if there are any like ingredients that you have to have to cook Syrian food, or is it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, sure. I can do that. Laris, Laris, and I do salad cabinet. Let's have to have every salad. Yeah. for salad, yeah. I love how every meal has to have a salad. Yeah. Oh. In terms of the ingredients, what I loved was that so many of the ingredients we just went to the sea town on uh-huh. their block to get like just yeah. a regular real regular sea town yeah um some of the more special Syrian ingredients um you know they would get earlier in the week but that was mainly you know like ghee or pomegranate mm-hmm. molasses sure um but even those things are available I at find most grocery stores now in new york um, yeah but there wasn't a lot of super special ingredients it was really accessible um a lot of fresh vegetables. A lot yeah. of parsley and lettuce yeah. and yeah. eggplant. Like maybe the eggplant shape was different bigger. here. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was really easy. Sometimes it's the tools that yes. Jen would see and say, where, where do I get this? Or, you know, like for instance, a core. The coring the, for the, uh, that was interesting. It's yeah. like a corkscrew you put inside the eggplant to scoop it out. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And also for the mamul, which mm-hmm. is like you, you put the dough in and yeah. it all comes okay. out in a special design. I, I think see. I've seen that. But the molds, yeah. yeah. Like these but, cookies, yeah. yeah. But yeah. honestly, everything you can mm-hmm. switch something in another tool with and get the same. Well, I love it. Any, or have like a design aspect to it if you want, or you know, everyone you should cook from this book, basically. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I forgot to ask you, Jen, how is this different? Because you've worked, you've been a co-writer for um, one of my favorite cookbooks, Senegal by Chef Pierre Tam, 
and uh, you worked on the Blue Apron cookbook. Um, is this the first time you've had to work with an interpreter? And yeah, how was that challenge? Was that challenging? Or? Um, yes, this is the first time I worked <laughs> with an interpreter. But Dahlia was amazing. She loves food, and we really, you know, on those Saturdays, you know, the probably the hardest part was the the language barrier. But um, you know, we kind of had this ritual where. Dahlia would pick me up outside of Port Authority. We'd drive over to New Jersey together. Mm. And then Mayeda would make coffee for us. And yeah. we'd start to talk about what we're making that day. Yeah. And I'd start to pepper her with questions. Um, and sometimes it was like a, a little bit challenging because I think most people, if you're not a food writer, you're not thinking about your food in this these other contexts. Um, but from there, we would shop together, and then we'd start cooking. And once we started cooking, I think the conversation just flowed so much more naturally and easily because it sort of reflected the way Mayetta would talk about cooking with her sisters and her family yeah. back home. You know, we'd put on music, and we'd talk, yeah. and I think then a lot of those stories would start flowing. Um, and then, really, when once you start cooking, the elements and the the nuts and bolts of a recipe that I'm trying to record in terms of how much, how long, what temperature. Mm -hmm. Those are elements that are, you know, key to cooking no matter what language or cuisine. And that was something Mayeda got obviously really quickly and easily um, showing me, you know, how much she was putting on something and like what, you know, what temperature. Um, And I would be timing and I would bring the Uh scale and things like that. there was even there was a t- moment um, when we were making the kiba. Um, I remember this time when like the dough wasn't coming together quite right, and my aunt <laughs> looked at it and said something in Arabic, and I looked at it and I was like, "Oh, I think I was like the bulgur is too coarse." and it's not absorbing the water. Mm-hmm. And Dahlia looks at me, and she's like, how did you know that's what she said? I'm like, oh, my God, you understand Arabic. And I was like, no, I just looked at it. Um, right, cooking but, is the universal language. Yeah, yeah, so it was actually really fun. Oh and, um, and it, you know, we cooked together. It wasn't like a normal sort of like right, right. Dahlia was standing and translating, and Dahlia was like our... our uh, it's Our not like sous chef. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're giving a cooking show to yeah. people. <laughs> right. Exactly. But I had a wonderful really time fun. between yeah. the stories and the tasting. Yeah. And at the very end, after we were done with cooking, we'd actually, Mayeda would sit the table. Mm-hmm. And we'd all, the kids, uh, Mayeda's husband and me yeah. and Jen, we'd taste the fruits of our labor. But it was, it was such a really nice time. Every Saturday I went to, I really oh, enjoyed yeah. it a lot. So. That sounds so fun. Yeah. Congrats to you, Maida, because if somebody asked me to cook, I mean, you know, do what you did, and I would probably mess up so much at cooking. <laughs> I would probably make so many mistakes. So you seem to handle that with grace. And yeah, well done. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes, thank you so much. It was such a wonderful job. And um, if you could share any message with everyone reading this book now, total strangers who are just maybe learning about Syria and food for the first time, what do you hope to share in addition to just delicious recipes with them? اي حد بتقابليه عايزه تقولي له ايه الهدف من الكتاب يعني ايه اللي انت عايزه تقولي معلش قول بالعربي لان شوي صعبه اوكي شو كان سين ارابيك اند اوكي هو 
اهم شيء بالكتاب انه انا وقت اللي يعني وقت اللي حكوا لي عليه انه تعملي كتاب طبخ انا كثير فرحت يعني هو اولا مساعدي انه يعني راح يطلع لي مليح ومساعدي انه مليحه يعني حلوه وراح يكون في بيناتنا يعني مثل ما مكتوب بالعنوان انه خبز وملح يعني اكلوا يعني بتعرفوا على اكلنا وان شاء الله هيك بيعجبهم بيحبوه So Mayada says that um, she was really thrilled when the idea came, of the book came to be. And she was, you know, other than the fact that obviously it helps my family, um, it, does, it is representative of, you know, Syria. And uh, I really hope that it bridge, you know, that whoever tries it really likes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's re- it sounds like it's a wonderful act of hospitality, too. To to your to your community now in Jersey City and now many people get to experience oh, that too. Thank you. I I uh, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. That's about all the time we have for today. But it was a sheer pleasure and uh, to speak with Jen Sith. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you so much, Dahlia and uh, Mayuda. Thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks, everyone at Heritage. We'll see you next week on Eat Your Words. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.